0: Hey, Emily. How are you today? Hello, Michelle. Well, that was a
1: very pleasant hello. Well, I know. I haven't seen you in like a week. Uh, It's been forever. Yeah, Feels like it. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. And you? How's your week been?
0: My week's been all right. Not too bad. Uh, uh, Newsflash. You know, my really great, sweet 2005 Mercedes convertible that I love. Yes, (laughs) yes. Totaled. What flood happened? Flood damage, water damage from all this <gasps> rain we've had in St. Louis, oh, and no. it was you know irreparable. Do we need to have a funeral for the Mercedes? It's like at the end of an era, you know? know. And uh, thankfully, I had full coverage on my car, so I, I'm getting a payout for my Mercedes. But I mean, it was just I looked, so, I mean, I looked so good in it, uh, and uh, I we got, looked so good. I in know, it. and that's the last time when we went was down that, to St. Genevieve is when the last time that we. Uh. I, We drove it together, you know, with the top down over the winter. I, you know, I had it, I just had it there and and drove the the Jeep, but I mean, it was kind of like a little sad because I've had it almost 10 years and, uh, you know, but there was, I'm I might be uh, uh, foolish on some things, but you know, when they're like, It's gonna cost you three thousand dollars to diagnose it. Yeah. You need to call your insurance company. You know, I'm I'm I can be fiscally mm. responsible and but I like I hugged all the people in the Mercedes dealership on the way out. It's been so nice knowing you. I have to get another child through college before I can even consider a Mercedes again. Well, yeah. I mean, you never know.
1: Mercedes might come to us and say, No, the ladies of literally Speaking need to be driving Mercedes convertibles.
0: Well, I yeah, mean, because I think I've, that's
1: very possible.
0: I, I I know everybody would probably buy one if they knew yeah. that I was I was driving one. It was I, a, it was a great I little agree. car. I loved the way it smelled. I loved the way it looked, and when the top was down, you know, just driving through town. And I yeah. can't tell you the number of times I would be at a stoplight and like somebody somewhere is hollering, whistling at me, and I'm like, holy cow! No, it didn't do that to me when I was in my minivan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the same person, Emily. I'm the same. It's the same soul. It's the same smile, it's same just hair. Not fair. It just didn't happen in the Merce- in the minivan.
2: Yeah. And
0: then the last, the last time that I had like a cat call, <laughs> I was driving my son home with the top down. And we turned this corner in my neighborhood, and of course had the music going. And we're, it's just you know a beautiful experience. We're enjoying life. I turned the corner, and this guy, he had to have been a probably in his twenties, he just stopped and he yelled, Oh my God, you are gorgeous. You're like, um, me or the car? (laughs) No, I knew, I knew it was was me. I knew it was me. And I looked at (laughs) my son who was like 10 and I go, that's my life. That's what happens all the time. Well, we need to get
1: you a new convertible. Well, I have to get a few, you
0: know, kids through college and stuff like that before I can, uh, but it is an end of an era. I mean, they took it away on the tow truck. I was like... Did
1: the taps play?
0: I I did. And I didn't even get... I didn't even... I didn't know at that time that it was going to be totaled and not coming back to me. And I I didn't take my really great personalized license plate off, which was baccio, which means kiss in Italian. Mm. Of course, it Mm -hmm. looks like... BAC 10, which is like blood alcohol content 1.0, <laughs> but I, I was under, I mean, I really wanted the Italian portion of it, of but course. Uh, Of yeah. course. So yeah, that's, wow. that's what happened in my life. How has your life been? Well, not
1: nearly as um, eventful. I I can't You still say, have your car? <laughs> I still have my car with 330,000 miles on it. <laughs> But um, I I did finish hang, hanging the last painting that has yet to be hung in my house since moving. So all like, your
0: art is hung and now.
1: All of my art is hung.
0: Do you feel like you've moved in? Do you feel like you're settled? You
1: know, here's the amazing like thing. Space? Like I've always loved my like since we bought it, and moved in, like loved the house. But like since that last piece was hung, I'm in love with it. Like I'm like. This is my
0: house. It feels amazing here. I, it's like all of your pieces are together, right? That you're whole now. Yeah.
1: It, that it is really awesome incredible We need to have a party there
0: I'm, I'm yeah. free Yeah I mean I you know, Well let's go Let's like, have a party You, you I'll can bring the, call yeah. my people <laughs> We'll, and, uh, set, it we'll set it up We'll set it up We'll have some champagne Yeah Which Speaking by the way of, We do have some champagne But we also have a really great guest do. Can I can I introduce oh our god. guest Before we introduce Please our champagne Please Because can we, can we were
1: talking beforehand And she was like I do this And I'm like Oh my
0: god You do that I know And she's like
1: Oh and I do this I'm like Oh my god She's like all of our guests they just continue to
0: You know unravel like yes. a yes so
1: please or, or introduce peel our guests layers
0: like an onion I, i'm going to i'm going to get the right cliche uh, our guest today is audrey crabtree audrey is an amazing woman uh she and i know each other from from improv from clowning around from clowning around and she sent me her her uh bio And it's like 75 pages long. So I'm just going to give the first first two paragraphs. And I'm going to stop. And we're just going to fill in all the rest after that. Okay, Audrey? Okay. Audrey (laughs) Crabtree is an award-winning performer, director, and writer in clown and physical theater. To create the kind of performance she wanted to do, she began producing the unique theatrical performances in college and has never looked back. Okay, three paragraphs. Three sentences. Her collaborative theatrical work has won a Drama Desk Award, a New York Innovative Theater Award, a Hola Award, and two Downtown Clown Golden Noses. And then it goes on, I love that, and on and on. And then at bottom it says, and she's really happy to be here today on our podcast. That's how it ended. Yeah, I, I, I mean, welcome, Audrey. Thank you. You are
1: a a. a An actual working clown I think that is amazing to me And so when you were Michelle saying Oh I'm just you know she's An onion I'm going to find the right cliche I was like no she's actually like one of those scenes in the circus where the clown like there's like another one keeps popping out of the car and it's just like more keep popping out Like, and if yeah. at any point yeah. in time
0: we use clowning in, in an offensive way oh, you would no. just please let us know because we don't want to be offensive to the clown community okay I will I will <laughs> let you know the disclaimer has I mean, been like her. you know that's so stereotypical of you know a clown with the car and everybody popping out we need to be careful uh, okay. no that's okay well, that's
2: okay you know. I know exactly what you mean yeah. Although I've never got to do that gag. Why uh, not? I don't know. i just never been in a show or anything that had that car that a bunch of people could come out of. Are you going to yeah. maybe try to include that someday in one of the shows you write? Yeah, I mean it's worthwhile, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if it's for Mercedes, Ooh. maybe we could just. Well, there's an alignment here. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling, yeah,
0: like maybe if we Mercedes do... could be the sponsor of you yeah. know of the of the the circus where the clown car. Oh, but it has we to... could
1: have all of the guests from season two
0: come out of the car. <laughs> that would be so awesome. And if we all have red noses, then we're fine, right? Right. And or gold noses. Yeah.
1: Right. Either way, pink noses. Pink noses. Pink noses. For clearly speaking, yeah, I think that's a good
0: idea. Um, So anyway, we Audrey's our guest. We're drinking bubbles because Audrey loves bubbles.
1: I yeah. And so,
0: what kind of bubbles do we have today?
1: So we are drinking Bubbles from France. Um, so surprise, it is, surprise. It is. I, I love <laughs> France. Um, this is a, a method traditionnel. Uh, it is not champagne because it's, it's not from that region. It's actually from, um, I believe, the Languedoc region, if I'm correct. Uh, de Limoux. It's the Limoux. It's from the Limoux region. This is a Brut. Uh, it is, I mean, you know, I have not had a... a much of a pre-sniff and taste on this but I just I think right away out of the gate just smells really fresh and lovely it's some apple white flour little lemon zest this is not overly complicated but absolutely delicious and Michelle you will be so pleased with the price
0: on this oh I will oh yeah What's, what's the price today $13 girl did you not bring like four or five then I know. Okay, I'm gonna have to run by. There's a little some honey
1: on this too. It's really on the palate. You know what I really like nice. about
0: this, and Emily, I don't. I, you know, I we've talked about this off the show. I I don't know if we've actually talked to, on the show. But sometimes when you drink a sparkling, a uh, method or whatever cava, there ends up like this perm solution taste. Oh yeah, no, not this. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why some have that. When you're smelling, you're like, I, is this is this a 1984 perm? <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. Drink. I
1: have gotten that, um, and it's not just uh, bubbles that I've found that uh, that particular note in. And this would be one when, whenever we have a conversation with the Psalm, we should talk about. There's something that's that. I don't know. There's something that's happening in the making process. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a compensation. I don't know. I do not know enough about wine to know where that comes from. But I know exactly what you're talking about when you're like, right. That so is, solution. is
0: that an indication that it's gone bad? Or is that an no. indica- or is it just our preference that we don't like to drink perm yes. solution?
1: I think it's I think it's that I do think it's there's something that they're doing in the making of the wine okay. when that Particular aromatic comes out, and I do not know. We'll we'll have to investigate that. And come up. I'm with the all answer. for research. Yeah, because that's not. <laughs> I I'm not a fan of that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and if and
0: any of our listeners out there, if you are a fan of the perm solution champagne yeah, or why I'm tastes. sorry uh, sparkling, send us a note. Tell us why. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm happy to. I'd love to know if you do like it. I don't. You know, I'm not trying to pass judgment on your preferences. Glory of the hair days.
1: Like yeah. days.
0: <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so, anyway, one of so, one of the things about bubbles, I want to know, the, like, how, how? Oh, are we gonna be? Okay. I'm like having to back up every now and then yeah. from the microphone because I'm of the curious,
1: bubbles. I'm curious, Audrey. How how did you find yourself in the business of clowning?
2: Yeah. Um. it, it is curious because I had no intention probably even five years before I started doing it, I would have been like, what are you talking about? No way, never would I do that. But I've had that experience with a couple things where it said absolutely never, and then ended up doing it. Like what? Improv, for sure. Really? Yeah. When I first studied acting, I wanted to be a very serious actress, focus on classics. I, I was an actress that would mark every breath in my script, mm. where I was going to breathe, exact, and I would just beat myself up when I couldn't do it. Exactly, like you thought you should do it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And but um, that's
1: not living in the moment, right? When you when you're pre planning everything, like I understand, like okay, this is how I want to tell that story. But then when you're up and you're trying to make that happen, it needs to feel authentic, which means being in the moment, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, well that's where improv is. Right. I mean, there's lots of acting technique where you plan everything mm-hmm. and then you bring life into that. And that's what I was that's how I understood it as a young person. That's how I understood what I had been taught and and that seemed easiest to do. Mm-hmm. There was no fault in that somehow. Right. You know, and I could use my brains and my intellect to right. create life and then um I just started going to every audition and I went to this audition in, in Kansas City after I graduated college and um got cast and and then I went to see the show and I said oh I don't want to make a fool of myself I don't want to make an ass of myself on stage so I'm not interested thank you very much
1: oh and this was an improv wow <laughs> yeah this was an improv <laughs>
2: Yeah. Audition? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, I mean, you know, I was 22 and the director was like, oh, well, it seemed like you had fun in the audition. Why don't you come back and take six weeks of training? You can put it on your resume. And then if you don't like it, no no problem. And so two weeks in, I loved it because of the freedom, because of the collaboration and... There's just some, as you know, some wonderful wave that you ride when it's working. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How often does it work versus not work?
2: I think it's a muscle. So at a certain point, you're, it works whether it's working or not. Part of the not working is the pleasure for the audience do you know what yeah really? yeah oh it
0: is it is I mean the the audience has such a fun time when they see uh, an imp- an improviser struggling even if it's something simple a simple like I'm supposed to do a French accent, and I cannot for the life of me pull a French accent, and I sound German or Russian <laughs> or Southern, <laughs> sure. and they find that funny. But you, but you amp it up too. Like if you're struggling, you amp it up um, because then it, then everybody's in on it. Build on the joke. But yeah. the lovely part, though, is when you're struggling, you have team members. You've yeah. got you've got you've got you know other improvisers up there who pull you know, fill in the gap, you know, and, and, and you're not you're not just out there falling flat on your face
2: and nobody's
0: there to to help you through it.
2: I think the trick it one of the tricks with improv is as soon as you put your thinking brain on it, for instance, if I start making a mistake and I try to exaggerate it, the audience will see there's not truth in that and mm-hmm. they will not enjoy that as much. So you have to actually be present in that moment and live in the difficult place without, I think, I think without, for me, without exaggerating it, and that is truthful and people are so grateful to get to see that moment.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: they want to see it succeed as well. Well, But what is succeeding? I think for me, improv succeeding is, yes, being authentic, being in that moment Mm -hmm. and just being open enough to reveal whatever's happening mm-hmm. with you. Right. And it doesn't... I mean, if it comes across
0: feeling pre-planned, they will never buy it. Yeah. But even the... And it's the, not
1: funny. The showcase right? you
0: know. that we did together, and like literally it was an, it was a mistake from the introduction of everybody when one of our, our, our classmates, hey, we're coming along, we're supposed to introduce ourselves, and I'm next. I'm about to say Michelle, and he just stands right in front of me and he introduces himself. And I was like what happened, you know? And so then, and then, and he, he, he literally, he like forgot I was there. And, uh, so then the whole rest of the show was all about me introducing myself and I'm Michelle and I'm Michelle.
2: And it like went through the, it was
0: like, it became a thread, kind
2: of a running joke throughout the thing that everybody saw that the moment came in from this weird, awkward moment of humanity that we have. And just, it kept, popping back up in just the right place and it was really fun. Yeah, and it was authentic. But there's no way we could have pulled that off if we had planned it. Yeah. Like,
0: it would it would have felt forced and staged and all of that sort of stuff.
2: And I see the look on your face cuz you're like, "Uh-huh, that doesn't sound very funny." Um, but that <laughs> no. is <laughs> no, that is one of the best things about improv. When it's really working, you can't explain why something was funny. It's only for those people in who the, were right, right there
1: that moment.
2: You know. Yeah in that room, you're having this shared moment. And when you go away and try to explain it, usually it's like, okay, I can understand how that would be funny, but it's not going to make me laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. my, my, my kids have that look a lot. Of, oftentimes when I come home after a class or a workshop or something, I'm like, oh my God, you know what happened at improv today? And, I, and I'm building it up and I'm telling it, I'm laughing during the conversation. They're just looking at me like, I guess you had to be there mom like it's so funny so what I'm get what I'm getting
1: <laughs> I was thinking actually a question that I was going to ask both of you is what do you what do you think is funny but I think you've already told me what you think is funny it's it's that it's it's the reaction to like just a real human authentic moment yeah. Right. I, I, I remember. You've done improv and I you're know. very funny
0: with it too, Emily. Thank you. Yeah, so, no, and
1: you know, here's, here's the funny thing about that <laughs> is that I've never thought of myself as somebody that is naturally funny. But, um, and in fact, I even remember one time a boss was criticizing my sales technique. Because he thought I wasn't funny enough. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was here to do a bit. You know, like that yeah. was his thing. He was like, you need to be funnier. And I'm like, mm, pretty sure I don't need to be funny to do my job. So anyway, I've, I've, I've grown up just always thinking I'm not very funny, you know. No, you are, though. And um, so what I loved about my couple of improv classes that I've taken um, with a mutual friend of all of ours, Bob, is that I— I realized that, oh, wait a minute, this isn't about, like, having a shtick down. This is about just, like, reacting to the situation with the body of knowledge that you already carry in your own experience. Like, you know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So I found that really to be refreshing and exciting. And, yeah. uh,
0: and fun yeah. I, I likened it to being able to play pretend with other adults who are playing pretend you know because when you're little sure. you get to play pretend it's Like your friends would come over like you want to play pretend yeah let's play pretend oh my
1: God. And I want to like, play pretend so bad all the time
0: <laughs> and I get to do that with improv and I have I. it is my therapy in a way you know yeah. like the more I can do it every week uh, even you know like I'm a happier person. Yesterday we had a I had an improv class and I was driving out to the class uh, our friend Mike Newman was oh, it was his class yeah. that he was giving and I hadn't been to class in a couple of weeks cuz my my uh, been gone. my uh, vacation and I get this message, oh, no, the location is having something else. And I'm like, I'm almost there. Is there, is there a, a library we can go to? He's like, please don't cancel. Please don't cancel my improv class. And so we ended up, the group of us went down to a gazebo in St. Charles, and we held our class underneath this gazebo. And It was so Amazing. so much fun. And Mike said there were times people walking along St. Charles actually stopped. Washed, laughed, you know, and we, we, I laughed so much yesterday and I, I totally needed that release. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, was okay, healing. now I can drive home. It's all good. And, and, uh, and, I just, I love it.
2: Um, and I know that, you know, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's Zen practice, you know, mm. It it's, you can meditate, but this is actually putting it in action with other people, which I mm. always liked to yeah. do. to play with others yeah
0: yeah so when you said that the uh somebody told you you would never like improv and you liked improv and then you know what else besides clowning is there something else that somebody said oh you'll never or you said oh i'll never do that and now you're doing that besides being on our
2: podcast (laughs) living in st louis oh really Really? what brought you here um work at Um, work in circus. So at the time I was living in Kansas city where my parents were, I'd spent most of my adult life. I lived in Minneapolis for five years Mm -hmm. and then I moved to New York and then I lived in the Dominican Republic and then I came home to Kansas city. I knew I had wanted to come back to the Midwest at some point
1: because of family and
2: because of family. And also I think in New York, it got to the point where I'm doing performances for people that think all the same things I think. What do you mean by that? If, if you, you know, as an artist, you want to express an idea and if everybody in your audience already believes that idea, oh, what's... So advocacy, okay.
1: like art as advocacy, which we've... That or change. Or change or
2: just a new concept. Mm-hmm. So everybody was Stretching. kind of on the same page. And New York really became a place that was hard to leave because of all the wonderful people I knew there. I mean, the city... Now we're you
0: doing comedy there or drama too or everything.
2: Uh, everything. I was working for Big Apple Circus, doing the hospital clowning. I taught um, all kinds of stuff. I really hadn't done improv in, in a traditional way in a long time. So when I first moved there, I did, but I had really stopped. And then I have a theater company. So we were doing all kinds of productions and then I would do things in other people's productions and performance art and all, just all kinds of stuff Sounds and
1: wonderful. So
2: many great collaborators yeah. and an unending amount of possibility. Yeah, oh you know. Gosh. But it it was harder to live there, you know, just in general, and harder to live as an artist or harder like. Uh, well, I mean. There's always something to do every night of the week, Mm. every day, all day. There's things to do. And the more people you know, you really want to go see this project, that project, your own projects. And then also when you're like me where I'm doing different jobs, I'm up in the morning really early making my lunch and dinner and breakfast, packing my bag for rehearsal and the show later and then the late night show. It's nonstop. I'm carrying a rolling bag all day, every day, you know getting from here to there, doing rehearsal. I mean, at a certain point in my life, that was the fantasy, the dream, the right. pleasure. And then, I mean, frankly, as I was getting older, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I want to have more time can for myself. Can I just myself. watch Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> can I? Can yeah. I?
0: Can I, have I don't even champagne. know what anybody's talking about these days. I had never even a chance to sit down on the couch
2: and drink well, a glass, drink a bottle of wine. And the, and that's the thing is my I I drink some wine but th- <laughs> that's the thing is my friends were all doing what I did too so no one none of us were sitting around watching Netflix none of us were yeah know, yeah and there's are great you now pleasure that you're that.
0: home
1: in the Midwest back home in the Midwest um,
2: <laughs> I can't really say that's what I would do the thing
0: <laughs> um, but, is it is it like you know infiltrating a little bit more than, oh yeah, yeah I relax
2: more I spend more time not working but I do have that. Artist' drive of you know i'm I'm doing a show that's closing this week. I'm working on circus Flora as you yeah. know, and then oh and um, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in the show Sir, okay no
2: i'm I'm production manager on the show, but I'm there every day, oh, all day. That's significant. and that ends on Thursday, and then I'm going to do something in Texas, which will be amazing, but I'm already like, now what's going to happen when I get back? What am I going to focus on? Where am I going to put that? Is that because that's your income
0: stream? You know, like, you know, somebody who's in a traditional sales job has got the sales funnel and they have to, even though this one's closing, they have to have Mm -hmm. like 10 more that have to come in so that to continue a continuity of income. So isn't it the same kind of thing? For sure
1: it's that. Are you a creative jugular? What's that? Or juggler, not juggler, creative juggler. Like you just like having like having. Okay, no, like just no meaning that you like to have like the inspiration coming from multiple sources.
2: I think it's a combination of the two things. I mean, one is always income, and but it's also my passion. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I'm finding time not to work, and I end up talking about it, I end up thinking about it, I end up reading about it, and watching things about it. It's yeah. just But that can be in a broad spectrum. It's mm-hmm. not all clown or circus or or anything like that. It's funny, though. I notice if I ever tell people I'm a clown, that's all they will ever introduce me as again. Oh, really? Because yeah. well,
1: it's so fascinating. That's How many why. people do you know that's actually a yeah. clown? It's amazing. Me, I know a lot well, of you, people. Okay, well, the, this, this,
2: <laughs> this
0: might sound uh, very cliche, but were you concerned for your safety when the clowns were being like, you know, killed on the internet. What?
2: Remember no. that? Oh,
0: remember that? Remember
2: that when like, you know, yeah. clowns were being or there was all these accusations of clowns attacking. There's always yeah. been a weird thing about clowns a little bit. Um, do you blame Stephen King on that? Um, that is a big, I mean, that was scary until you find out. I'm sorry I'm spoiling this. It's a spider. It's a spider. <laughs> okay. A <laughs> That's a really long book to read to find out it's a spider in the end. Um,
1: that actually helps me. I'm terrible with suspense, and I have not read it or watched any of the iterations of the movies know. because I can't handle it. So thank yeah. you for relieving me of that stress. Now I can watch it.
2: <laughs> the clown is just the lure, I guess. And uh, then, but but there, there that was challenging, and then people were worried work was going to dry up. Um, But most of the clowns that you see in any of that kind of thing are doing a completely different type of clown than I'm doing. What is your type of clown? um, Well, they're they're doing, and I'm not meaning to say anything bad about any other type of clowns, but the white face, the traditional Mm, white face and and, um, giant clothes and what you— Think of as a birthday party clown, yeah, yeah. and um, often, sometimes people just dress that way when they're doing something like balloons on the street or face painting, yeah. or John Wayne Gacy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't help the industry, <laughs> he
0: either, did, did, did not. Did not. Yeah. That was a long time ago. But those images—that's stuff that sticks in people's brains, of course. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, it's, it's very sensational. How long ago it was? Yeah, well. Know? and he There's, could be.
2: He could be around the, you know, the corner. I don't know. And right. I think part of that was everybody thought he was so kind and nice with kids and everything. So it was such a, a, a shock, you know, right? That, that he, he was a
0: serial killer that buried them underneath his house. Yeah.
2: Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, I think we knew that one. <laughs> yeah,
2: I didn't know that one. Unfortunately, yeah. um, uh, Sif Stevens has a beautiful song about him, but. Um,
0: Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, you
2: will. Yeah, Yeah. was great.
0: Beautiful song
1: about
2: John Wayne Gacy. Gacy.
1: Like how is that even possible?
2: Well, you'll have to listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Our sound engineer is agreeing. You know,
0: I remember now not to get off from the clowns to serial killer. But (laughs) I'm fine to leave (laughs) that
2: topic. No. Do you have this this is
0: like this is creepy. I went to a um a talk when I was in college by Robert Ressler who wrote the book Whoever Fights Monsters and he is the guy who uh, Clarice from oh, um, yeah. uh, Silence of the, of the Lambs. Lambs his boss was modeled after. He was the first behavioral profiler I in think the FBI.
2: Did he also write another book about called Fear? He might have. Okay. I didn't
0: quite so, finish Whoever Fights Monsters because I was so, so that scared. Was, that character was bait, based on a real, real guy. Str- A real guy.
1: Was the movie based on a real story?
0: No. Okay. I mean, there might be like aspects, but not really. But if you watch Criminal Minds, they're just following Robert Ressler's experiences with serial killers. Spoiler alert. Anyway, he was talking about how when he was interviewing John Wayne Gacy, because he grew up in Chicago also, and John Wayne Gacy, they were from the same neighborhood— knew his grandmother's house and could describe every aspect of it. Now, there was an age difference, so he would have been a younger person when John Wayne Gacy was doing his bad things. And he said it was like one of the most surreal experiences to have a a convicted, known serial killer describe in detail where his grandmother lived
2: in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, that sounds terrifying, actually. very terrifying. He was he was a fascinating person. I was afraid to leave the auditorium because I knew everybody around me was a serial killer at the end of that conversation. As they thought of you. I'm sure they did. <laughs> and then I worked in a bar, so everybody that walked in was totally a serial killer. I could profile them. But he also interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Well, because it was funny. <laughs> he says, "I." Starts.
1: Both, both John Wayne Gacy and was no Dom, in- No John, John Wayne was Gacy from, was not
0: a cannibal. Uh,
1: no, but I mean from Wisconsin, right? know uh, Gacy to,
0: was from Chicago. Oh,
2: Chicago. Dahmer was
0: from, from Kansas City, from, no, he was Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, okay. He was Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay, you're thinking about the Midwest. Lutheran killer um, from Kansas City, the BTK guy. Bob. Um, he was from Kansas City. Okay. Why I know all my serial killers, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> Robert Ressler said that when he was like when he went in to interview. Dahmer, he goes. Don't worry, I brought my own lunch. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he
1: was like, oh. you had to have humor. Yeah,
0: because otherwise, he said the title was "Whoever fights monsters, you if you look into their soul and you see yourself coming back." It goes. Oh. So you have you have to break. You have to be able to to to. Um, to remove yourself from that Whoa. incredibly intense interview you just had. So anyway, Amazing. um we're here with Audrey Crabtree. She's a clown. <laughs> and we've just uh, you know, know spent a lot of time talking about serial killers. I know, know because so, that's our that's so, our that's our
1: so, podcast. So can I <laughs> Emily please Because talk. it's natural, natural conversations, right? Obviously. So all right, that made me think of one of my scariest dreams I've had recently. Yeah. Which I'd be interested in your dream interpretation skills, ladies. Okay. All right. All right. Let's
0: do it. Pulling it in. Yeah. So
1: I've never, like, I know there are people who are afraid of clowns. Like, that's never been me. I've never had that feeling. Um, I think they're joyous. In fact, I think for, like, three years in a row, I dressed up as a clown for Halloween. You're like, <laughs> I love it. A most fashionable clown. Oh well, of
0: course.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um I this was not not that long ago. I um I do have dreams very often that somebody's trying to murder me. That's like that's a very consistent thread. Mm. So in this dream, I am on a walk and mm. it's a lovely day. And um, I'm walking and there's a boulevard. So there's the island in the center. And I see this clown who's like holding like a big machete, you know, and he looks at me and he, he like lets me know that he wants to kill me. So I run away. Like, I'm like, oh my God, he wants to kill me. And so I'm trying to find safety. And I go to this Christmas tree farm <laughs> <laughs> that's right across the I'm way. i making notes. I, I mean, there's like so many and layers like, here, Emily. I'm, I'm like, yeah. that, per- that clown right there wants to kill me. And all of a sudden, the clown hypnotizes everybody around to then come after me and kill me. So then it's not just the clown, but everybody's trying to kill me. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) That was my dream. I don't know what point I woke up, but we
0: we are accepting uh, interpretations (laughs) from anybody out there listening who would like to help us with Emily and her dream. Do Um, I
1: need to be admitted right away?
0: Well, I'm making a phone call. Keep her, keep her occupied. Audrey, safe. (laughs) Help me. Don't leave me alone. (laughs) I'm going to get a really nice white
2: coat. Okay. (laughs) No. Well, clowns symbolize anarchy. Oh, I
1: interesting. know that.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's oh. a big part of why people are afraid of them because their rules aren't the rules of society. They have their own, you know, usually not in a darker, you know, Christmas tree kind of setting. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, but that so makes sense. So, yeah. and then it, they say that everything in your dream is an aspect of yourself. So then, I mean, just in my so I'm total to lay person, what are you, what kind of freedom or anti-traditional thing are you? you
1: well, I mean, see that. To- see that totally makes sense. Just in general, I mean, everything. Like, I'm. I'm. I. I'm. I do not have the traditional work life situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we are breaking our own ground. We are making our own rules and making our own life happen here. You know, from. But you
0: also with like, the, wants to murder you, and then everybody else wants to murder you. That's a. I think that's a subconscious of people trying to keep me from my moving forward. My, wh- whatever it is, I'm trying to accomplish,
1: right. and maybe my own expectations of myself. Like, wait a minute, I am. I am my own art anarchist and I'm trying to break out, but then there's this inner part of me that's like, oh, but don't you want the security and safety and la di da di-da, right?
0: Oh that's really deep, Emily. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, right? mean, I mean that's yeah. that's an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's wrong. <laughs> 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 okay, Michelle, what's your interpretation? I just told you. I think okay. you I think you feel like others are not like if you want to make your own way and you're trying to do a thing, but these are, you have this, um, a f- not a fear, but y- you've been beat down before mm-hmm. by those that you thought were supportive and friendly, right? right? Totally true. And they turned on you. Mm-hmm. Christmas, you love Christmas. I'm Christmas is true. your like happy time. So there yeah. you go for safety. Right. right. For safety, security, oh, stability as a child, right? Mm-hmm. And and it turn And it turns on you. So there you can't rely on it either. You're running as oh. fast as you can.
1: Right.
0: You still aren't outpacing anybody, mm-hmm. so, so I think that's a lot of subconscious layers there.
2: That's and, amazing. Um, and what you if know. it's about expectation? You know, everybody else's expectation of what you should be doing. R- oh, well, sure. You know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel like a lot of my. I mean, a lot of my creative life and personal life has been trying to sort through those kinds of issues where. What is the expect? You know, I didn't do any of the expected things from my parents, from well, so the people I grew up when with. When you went
0: to college, you studied what? What degree? Theater. Yeah, I okay. got a
2: theater and communications degree. And my parents, my my mom is a math, or what? She's retired now, a math professor in college. And my dad was a metallurgical engineer. And so, for them. Um, there was a clear path you were supposed to walk right and mm-hmm. I didn't do it and in fact they didn't want to help me with my college because I mean you know it's not a big deal a lot of people pay for their own school but they mm-hmm. were planning on it until that's until what I wanted to do Yeah. and so and also for them um, you know probably when I was 23 it's like are you thinking about getting married When you, I've never been married are you thinking about getting married? When are you going to be married? When are yeah. you going to start a family? That's, you know, this is going well. Now are you going to get a day job? You know, right. never. Right. Are you going to grow up now
0: and, and finally yeah. start working nine to five? For sure. Yeah.
2: Which, which is really hard for me. I mean, really hard for me to sit still. Yeah. To. Physically
0: and
1: mentally and emotionally, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. and I've had all kinds of jobs over the years to fill in gaps and try to. But have the mean, income keep coming in while you're in, in
0: between creative pursuits um, so but as as the accomplished person you are today, have you have you ever thought if I had if I had listened to my parents, if I had not pursued my passion and my heart, how would I be even be functioning as a person right now?
2: Well, I had some. As a young person, I had some glimpses. You know, when I went to college, I had a very serious boyfriend that was, mm-hmm. you know, ready. But, you know, the day <laughs> after you graduate, let's get engaged. Get let's get them, married. Let you, finger finger. Under, path, yeah. you know, it seemed like a direct path that I, every part of my being was telling me, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I will say, and, you know, I've had this conversation with my mom at least you know my dad i don't know that but just even when i was a kid i never like my barbies didn't get married and like my barbie like rode off on the horse or my bob barbie Flew owned the a plane. S- yeah owned a <laughs> swimming pool or what you know like yeah, whatever my oh, barbie so i never cool. i mean i don't i don't know that it's cool but i never had that thing as a child i must like i have to get married I thought maybe I'd have a big family. If I did have a family, I thought I'd have like seven kids. But it was just that isn't where – that wasn't what I fantasized about from mm-hmm. very early. Somehow I knew there was something else for me. And I felt like when I found performance and art, not that you can't have both those things. right? I felt like um, that that is more my pathway or what I want to do with my energy, I yeah. guess.
1: I love that your imagination took you to these like empowered individual Barbies. Yeah. You know,
2: it's cool. Barbie. Oh, My Barbies still had boyfriends. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, yeah, like G.I. Joe and right? stuff, <laughs> but they would drive away in their own convertible. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah.
1: okay, go. Yeah. No, I, I, Barbie. And they
0: dressed great, your Barbies. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Better than I do, actually. <laughs>
1: it's
2: kind of disappointing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Barbie has recently released like all these amazing um, figures, yeah, right. That you know Frida Kahlo and like all these amazing women throughout history. They're like now um, turning into Barbie, which is amazing. But I I love your approach even more because it requires your imagination to say mm, what amazing thing is this Barbie going to accomplish.
2: I like, funny. Yeah, Well, you know, just, and this is just, I don't know, but it's kind of in the similar thing. For me, I could make anything a a living. Like, I would have characters with, you know, my brother loved to play Legos, but my Legos were always people. And usually it was some kind of building structure that would rotate or could move. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it was a set. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was basically a set. And then people would, they could change, and then they would be different people. Yeah, You know, but they were just... I don't know. Yeah. We we gravitate towards something. And for me, theater has always been, and and um, any kind of performance has always been a play, playing, yeah. playing, mm-hmm. playing, pretend. Yeah, I am. Um, but also that, that thing about it is too. you know, when you're a kid and if you've ever been in any of my classes, you've probably heard me, sorry, people, if I'm boring you again. But, you know, when you're a kid and you play that the ground is lava? Uh-huh, yeah. And you're in that. And when your foot goes in, you have pleasure to have the deep, horrible pain and then walk with your mm-hmm. wounded your, it, foot the yeah. rest of the game or the rest of the time. Yeah. That's, for me, that kind of play. yeah. Not play at, but actually play deep. I don't know if that makes I'm sense. Funny. I'm following you. I'm following you. I
1: never actually – this is like a – Crazy! You're uh-huh, like sharing a whole that, lot of
2: stuff with us well, today. You yeah. know, let's get a bubbles. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I I think it's amazing. Like I never associated oh play as in the word play with with a play itself. I don't know oh, why yeah. I've never tied that together, but I never did. I know, and I'm a theater goer. Like I never thought about it. Like oh, we're playing. Woohoo! Isn't it fun? Like yeah, I just, yeah. It's a play.
0: Like, and I a never.
1: Watch. Right, right. I never thought about the fact that oh, we're just playing. We're playing pretend professionally.
2: Yeah, right, right. Oh, I, I, I don't
1: know. I it missed me.
2: <laughs> well, and I don't know th- how that if that's how that word came about, but that's how I've always felt performance was. I think a lot of people do. I, and also release. You mm. know, I, I
0: think it's. I think there's a lot of release that happens with it, and I think um, the opportunity to take something, whether it's a a difficult situation that's inside of you, or like, a slapstick funny thing you need to express to be able to like actually put it out there and either perform it, have other people perform it. It's a, it is, it's like giving birth. It's a release. It's, it's a putting it out there into the universe is no longer inside is no longer just, you know, tearing you up, but, um, but you've given it to other people, which, and which for the, I'm going to, I, I'm going to just, own this here and stereotype everything, but for the writer to be able to get it down, then have people perform it, but then the experience of the performers performing what was written or not written, depending on the, the if it's an improv and it's a suggestion from an audience member, I mean, there's all kinds the of audience, levels their
1: experience.
0: Of, of joy or sadness, but release uh, of, and we're all... Shifting through this together is, I think, what's so beautiful about art, mm-hmm. and you know, we 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 don't get it enough on a day to day basis. However, you've chosen a life where you do get to experience it more frequently than I would say most of our listeners, because you are a clown. You know, every day you. I mean, I'm saying you know you yeah. not every day, but you know that's your that is your vocation. You yeah. Know? And the joy you bring to people in the hospital, to the kids, that's that's such a phenomenal service. And you've chosen that life for yourself and it's not the same path, it's not a traditional path, it's not something that mom and dad would really want you to do because you really should have married some guy right now and you know, had kids and some security and stability in your life because that's where they think what you should be doing. But yeah. but what you're getting for yourself and giving back to the universe is tremendous over over times many times over but we have to sit back and think about it in that sense and not be like well you're not an accountant so
2: yeah well and i mean i just to put it out there i mean many clowns are many people do what i do and are have also have a traditional path you know also are married and have families and stuff like that so i don't want to say like can't do that. This is if you yeah. choose
1: this life, that's no. all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: but but that, I mean, and I I've had wonderful relationships as well. But yeah. I there's you know, I'd love to have a partner who understood that drive, that need, that passion that I have for those things. Yeah. You He hasn't shown up yet. No. No. Yet is yet. the operative word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to say, too, about the release. So for, for me, when I first started doing performing, it was in some way about a release for me, but especially clown is really you're not thinking about your own personal release, but more showing something that's universal or releasing the audience, letting the audience travel through something through you. So mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. more like you're,
0: you're a vessel.
2: A guide? Kind of. A guide for them? A Sherpa! Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, Yes. I, you know, I'm here talking about this and then I realize how um, reticent I am to put words (laughs) around it, to like box it in. But yeah, I mean, the Native American clowning that I was talking about when I. What
1: is Native American clowning?
2: Well, I mean, in a lot of almost all tribal court- cultures around the world have a jester of a jester a, a clown a person that you know um shows the tribe maybe why they're doing some of the things the way they do them the way socially and physically and clowns often show the opposite or they they're you know in certain tribes they're the only people that can speak the truth to the to the chief or the, to but they're there for healing and expression and to express ideas, but not necessarily going straight for it. Clown can involve analogies. And sometimes as a, as a clown, you can do a problem like having difficulty pouring wine mm-hmm. and, and really getting into the detail of that. And then somehow through that, you can watch that and relate to it in the difficulty you're having communicating with your son Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. It, so you're looking for something that can be universal. So when I, if I'm creating a little scene about having difficulty pouring wine, I'm not thinking like this is gonna be a great thing for someone to work through a communication problem with their right. son, right? right? It's never yeah, I'm it's trying not a to literal thing, be truthful right? as truthful all the things that might happen in that situation for me and if I go into that place and provide that then hopefully it is leaves enough space for you to put your own story yeah
1: yeah that's what I that when when I when you Michelle were so beautifully talking about like the layers of experiences in theater from the writer to the cast Mm. that that's why I was like oh audience because you know that's it's so neat to be able to look at the art that's being given to you and relate to it in your own way. And the actors are doing the same thing, right? They're taking their own spin and putting their own experiences into that character. And, you know, like each each, each part adds a layer of depth to it. And we can all choose to take away from it as much as we want, just like yoga. Like we can go and we can like do our yoga and feel better because our bodies are exercised or we can like go within and make a spiritual practice out of it. Like we can take it as far as we want that's what's so neat about what you're talking about
2: it's yeah like, and i think that is what we do with theater too mm-hmm, right and in yeah. performance yeah. and anything we listen to or read we choose the aspects of it that work for us and
0: mm-hmm.
2: or that we're ready you know at this point to
0: deal with and and what's so lovely about art theater whatever kind of performance is that every time you visit it you're coming from a different perspective a different point in time so that Very something true. that you missed or did not resonate or maybe maybe rubbed you like oh you know that mm-hmm. was like that was like sandpaper on my skin. Yeah. The next time you see it you're like oh wow. That yeah. That was powerful <clears throat> or so so for I guess you know something to say or consider is great work I can't even say great works of art. Let's just say works of art. Mm-hmm are not a one-time experience absolutely true yeah yeah just like
2: yeah please oh no uh just you know i'm i'm was just thinking of pieces of shows that i saw that will be in my consciousness forever that yeah and i can't even always say exactly what it it was about it but it some of them I can, but you know what I mean? Just something that's there for the rest of your life. And it just was a little, just turned a little light switch on or, or just changed the way you look at everything. And all mm-hmm. kinds of art does that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah very I true. remember watching a show at the rep one time. Uh, and it was, uh, I don't remember the name of it. It might be called, or it might have been called, you know, uh, Turning into Butter. Uh, but it was the concept of, Taking something and and running it around and around and around and, and until it became butter, right? Like you've just you've you've just moved so much in one little circle that now you can't get out. You've you've changed it into butter, and and almost like how we as society do that to ourselves. And I remember. Being at the Q and A afterward, because the rep is really good about having Q and As after yeah. after some of their shows, and and it was like this all these aha moments on society and and uh, and interactions and racial harmony or disharmony were coming to me through this one play. Uh, I feel so fortunate that at that moment in time that I was receptive to whatever whatever was coming at me, and I ate and I absorbed it and I ate it up. Uh, and as opposed to arriving, and and ha- finding those messages to be abrasive to me at that point in time, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was, um, it was it was powerful in the sense of making that realization to myself that I can't just keep churning my own self into butter. I need to, I need to move forward from whatever space I was at. Um,
1: yeah, you're you do yourself a disservice by well, not revisiting. Certain artistic experiences, you know. Well, even yeah. like when you
0: read a book in college, right? You know, like for the when you're reading it as a 22 year old and you're just reading it to pass your class, as much as you can. It's like, oh my god, I'm just highlight, highlight. What's he gonna ask me, the professor? Okay, what what's my essay going to be about? And then you know, 10, 15 years later, you read the book you're like, oh, this ah.
2: fucks yeah. is good. This is fantastic. I do that with Shakespeare every time I go back to it. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed this, 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 and this. And it's so clear
0: to me now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, It's awfully, awfully wonderful.
1: Well, there's always a statement about food, right? Um, your palate changes. You have like yeah. a completely new palate every seven years. Really? So, like, if that it's been seven years yeah. since you've had papaya and you hated papaya the first time you had it, you owe it to yourself to try it again because it might be a glorious venture on your tongue. Like,
0: it's same you know thing what I love yours. now that I hated when I was younger: asparagus. Aha. Ah, I see. There you go. Love asparagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah all of it. Even the fact that it smell makes your pee smell differently or whatever. I'm like, which you this know, is, fantastic. is not every person. Yeah. Did you
1: know this? No, not every person has this. Uh, Had
0: the bad pee from asparagus?
1: Yeah. Sam's looking questioningly. So, do you not have issues with the asparagus? Oh no, I got the
0: issues. He's got the issues. <laughs> okay. So,
1: I was having this conversation with friends. Like, I was, oh, I'm gonna have the asparagus, but I'm gonna regret it. You know,
0: I never regret and, it. And
1: um, and the one was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, the whole pee thing. She's like no and she totally made me feel horrible for the fact that I was like fussing up to my pee smelling bad after eating asparagus and then I did a little research and come to find out there's like 10% of the population that does not have that issue so it's rare
0: so I I I have and this is like this is what the podcast is about. It's about confessing and letting the entire world know about <laughs> our peace situations, <not> <laughs> you know. Um, I found that when I eat asparagus, and I, I love it because it is— I. It's like, to me, it's like a detoxifier. Mm-hmm. How did we get from clowns to asparagus and
2: pee?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think we're still Bubbles. talking about
2: healing. Right? Healing, I know, right? right?
0: But I, I've, also, I've often felt like the, 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 the scent of the pee does change, but not to me in, a, in an adverse way. It's more of like and escorting the bad shit out of my system oh. kind of like you know like that mm. like you associate that smell with detox a little like a like. detox you know That's it's smart. not a pungency it's more like i had all that inside me and now it's gone thank thank you Isn't asparagus that a great way to think about that that yeah, is you know not oh, i no. love that it's not bad so anyway can we take a break Let's and get some more, we bubbles? Need more bubbles we're I'm, empty i'm i'm, I'm Nearly, nearly done with this class. All right, we'll be right back. Do it, hey Emily. We have some great news for our listeners. I know. I'm so excited. It's almost like
1: how excited I am for the wine part, but even more
0: so. Right, right. Because we are going to combine, clearly speaking, the podcast along with our favorite sexual health expert, Dr. Becky Lynn. Combine it all into an evening called Adult Bedtime Stories. It is like a fabulous idea and we're so thrilled to be able to bring it to St. Louis. Yeah, this is going to be a live event
1: that we invite people to come and share erotic readings, tell personal stories, engage with a very intimate crowd and
0: even ask questions. You can ask those questions um, in person or if you want to write them down anonymously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a really cool event. And uh, the first one is August 29th at Apotheosis Comics from 7 to 9 p.m. Yes. And guess what it's called? Oh, my God. I wish I
1: knew that. Actually, I got that wrong, didn't I? Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you correct me, Michelle? It's
0: called The Big Oh My God. I wish I knew That's that. Right. <laughs> That's right. Oh is. my gosh. Emily has orgasms on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> she usually gets a little tongue tied when, when she's thinking <laughs> orgasms. That's um, right.
1: So, we're going to be answering questions, things yeah. like um, why is it that some people. Like, have orgasms when the wind blows, while other people have difficulty orgasming. Or have never orgasmed yet.
0: Right. Or maybe even lose their orgasm. How frustrating is that? It's why do you ask me <laughs> but yeah, it's not like that but the thing is is that um but having dr becky lynn there to answer the questions i mean there's some science behind mm-hmm. uh, like sex so you know to get to get to that level and and it's going to be a small event it is limited That's uh right. you definitely have to get your tickets on our Eventbrite and our and or our facebook page they're all interlinked um it is twenty dollars admission and uh, we, the seating is limited so don't wait for this to pass you by.
1: Right and make sure to come with your clothes on. We do encourage nudity anywhere where it's acceptable and especially in the home. However, for this event, it is a clothes on kind of affair.
0: We appreciate the decorum of our <laughs> listeners and the people coming to to uh, hear us for the first time and it is it is an all-inclusive uh, event it Absolutely. is not a women's only or a men's only or you know it's everybody's welcome you just have mm-hmm. to make sure you get your ticket and uh, since it is a ticketed event so if you have any questions you have to email us at stories one and that's gmail.com. a number
1: one yeah, at the end so of that
0: adultbedtimestories1 at gmail.com otherwise we look forward to seeing you guys, everybody in St. Louis that can come, get your Absolutely. ticket and we'll see you on the 29th of August looking forward to it
1: We're back. So, ladies, I realize after um, filling our final round here that wow. I did not get your thoughts on this wine.
0: Oh, let me have another sip, and I'll mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. you what I think about if it yeah. were a panty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like Johnny Carson and his, like, you know, little hat that uh-huh. he wore, and he was like, oh, yeah. the oracle, is that what it was? Yeah. Um, Coming up with what it is. Well, this is a lovely bottle of champagne, uh, uh, sparkling, whatever. I'm sorry, Champagne, France, for screwing it up. (laughs) Uh, But I would say that it's it's not something that's going to be very rare. You know, it's going to be a pair of panties that is going to be kind of. Kind of common. That's a terrible word for for this wine, but uh, common among that we all have it, right? Um, it's not going to be something so unique that that. Oh, if I could only have that, you know, um, golden g-string of twenty-four karat gold, you know, not like that, mm-hmm. but more of a, a a a nice solid sort of boy short pair really? of panties wow
1: that surprises me i i was yeah. thinking it totally
0: i was thinking you were gonna go somewhere else yeah no no yeah. more like but 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 and but it's 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 silky enough it's smooth enough it makes you feel sexy and feminine but it's not to me so extravagantly exquisite in material or or design okay That's my, if this were a panty one. Wow. Because
2: I really felt like definitely it would be pastel. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I
2: I had like a lighter color. Yeah. I was thinking sort of um actually like a pale yellow or a peach tone. I had mm-hmm. peach in my brain. And it would be like have a little decoration on it. Have a little I lace, maybe agree. a little see through. Like you know, the kind that have like the bottom is see through.
1: Yeah. And then the front
2: has a little lace. And it would be sort of the kind that has enough detail that you don't want to you're not going to wear it over tight clothing. Yeah. Or it would show through.
1: I agree. In fact, I'm seeing like some feathers on this pair. Of
2: Ooh. Panties. Okay.
1: Yeah, because it's got kind of a light ethereal kind of thing
0: going yeah, on. Yeah, that's with what the I palette. feel. I can't
2: yeah. I'm boy short. Sure. I just feel like would have to have more of a
0: grit. Well, but that's how it tastes. To yeah, me. that's yes, right. Yes, no right. you no know? yeah. oh, Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yes.
2: I didn't mean to argue <sighs> you Yes and yeah, so our, no oh, d- don't tell Bob, please don't tell Bob. <laughs> but, th- but that's okay because I saw,
0: I totally saw like a light pastel. Okay. I was thinking mm-hmm. you know like a champagne or a peach color. Yeah, okay. A short, you know. But I yeah. didn't, but I didn't have it be something that you know we've we've had wines and and sparkling and on this show that was like totally lended itself to something so unique or mm-hmm. or or s- sexy. I mean, this is like. I still see it as a boy short, only in the but it's still a very you still feel very sexy in it. Sure, because it's it is a it is a, a yeah. satiny kind of peach color, but I can see you could have like little details on the side, Ooh, like yeah. a little you know applique or that's what, or a little rosebud or something on the side or whatever, like a little flower.
2: I was thinking specifically of some um maiden form when they first started coming out with like sort of sets Ooh, mm-hmm. yes. from like maybe the late 80s early 90s yeah like that's what i was imagining kind of the that
1: so i have some boy shorts that are all lace and i love them they're like for me they're the best cut cuz oh, nice. like i have a booty and so like the the boy short like I think it's very complimentary to a booty and so like that's diet, like okay let's take that boy shirt and make it lacy
2: oh okay there you go
1: and hot glue some feathers on
0: <laughs> hot
2: glue some feathers
0: well that would i mean i i can't see like wearing in the boy shirt with the feathers underneath know, the no no it's fine jeans, no. you know because then you're having to explain a whole bunch of no it's just my feathers <laughs> Don't no, mind me. No, I know. It's Just my feathers. Yeah. yeah. I I'm didn't molting. shave today. Yeah, I'm molting. Yeah. They're not, it's not good with jeans. For yeah, sure. yeah. It's just gonna, they're gonna, I ha- gonna. I have some issues. I'm working through them. <laughs> it's the feathers, you know. My my therapist said, just wear what makes you feel beautiful. Yeah. and why I've got feathers on. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just yeah. doing
0: what she said for me to do. Yeah. Right, right. But that's that's kind of That's where good. All right. On, well, I nice. think that's on this trip. Good. Uh, what do you call? it? You can't call it champagne. I, it's
1: it's it's sparkling wine from France. So it's you know sparkling
0: wine from yeah. France. Method S- traditionnel, W or, F.
1: Yes, or <laughs> method yeah. Champignois. Either one is appropriate. This is a brute, a brute sparkling. So it's yeah. nice and dry, and it's, it's and,
0: a good price point. We did talk about that earlier, but uh,
1: yeah, it's it's delightful. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I'm
0: not, I'm not, I am um, like not liking it I'm at all. i pretty but.
1: much always have a bottle of this on hand right now. Really? I do because it's
0: yeah the right price
1: it. point and who doesn't want a bottle of sparkling on hand? Like there's always a, a reason. reason to pop that open.
0: Can I share with you guys one of my struggles right now? Yeah. Yes. So. I found a great condo in Benton Park that I put an offer on and they accepted, but now I have to sell my house and I haven't had any offers yet. We're going to cry, but whatever. Um, And I'm totally down with, okay, if it works out, it works out. meant to be XYZ, blah, 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 universe, you know, sage, move Mm -hmm. on. However, because my house is for sale... My my realtor she went down to my, you know looking around and she saw my wine collection, and she goes, "You need to box this shit up and hide it because you don't need people walking out with your wine when they're showing your house. so all of my wine is stored away in an inaccessible location. Oh no, where do you oh want to no. cry? And it's like I really need my house to sell so I can like start drinking my wine again. Oh my and I like gosh. walk around as like, do I if I buy some more, I have to box it up and hide it because somebody's gonna come look at my house and I don't want them walking away with my wine. So I feel very I feel in between. Well you yeah, have the wine on your wall. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah, I have I have a few bottles because it's decorative well, and it's go not go through that stuff. No, yeah, Emily, you'd be like, Why are you gonna drink that? When you, I know what you have underneath, you know, hidden. I, I mean, I have some stuff in the fridge, you know. I just more like, I'll just go buy some of this champagne, put it in the fridge, drink it. I can't. Whatever I buy now, I have to consume very such soon. problems. Yeah. Such problems.
1: <laughs> no, I think. I Can we mean, take a
0: moment of silence for that? <laughs> I'm feeling, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm feeling like a little out there on a ledge, you know. No,
1: I, I, I think it's, it's okay that you buy some bottles for the immediate. Pleasure. I think you should I, I, do that.
0: I, I can only do that because yeah. I mean the wine merchant was so kind when I, when I stopped by. It I was like, hey, do you guys have some boxes I could use to box up my my collection? They're like, yeah, sure. You know, and like loaded it up, and I you know got all of it in all those boxes, and and they were even so smart. They're like, oh, use this kind. It's easier to hide. <laughs> you know, on the boxes. <laughs> you you got know, all the tricks. Yeah, all the tricks. But uh, so it'd be nice if uh, somebody could just buy well, my house, so I can. And start drinking my wine again I, I wow. would love that because we'd be neighbors we'd be neighbors which would be amazing yeah
1: but yeah. you know you can always come to my house and drink some wine the invite is always open
0: I That's had thought nice. I had the idea that I would let Emily hold my wine but then I reconsidered that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. These boxes are so light.
0: You really? I only bought just, over
2: two boxes? I just swear there were more. I swear there were more. <laughs> I have a six-wine ball bottle holder, and I feel adult <laughs> and stocked when I have, like, four bottles of wine. <laughs> I am more by the wine for the occasion.
1: Yeah,
0: I used to be that way, or the, for the moment, and then I met Emily, and now I'm a hoarder of wine. And I'm like, oh, I have, to have, well, I have to spend this. Or we've drank so many great wines on this on this show yeah. that I'll be doing the show notes, to prepare it for release, you know, a few weeks mm-hmm. after we've had the conversation. Gotta have that again. Exactly. Like, that was a really good bottle. I, like, I will leave the house, or, and I'll drive her to the wine merchant. I'm like, I need five of those now. And, so what is one of your favorites that you recall so far?
1: From
0: our oh well, tasting. obviously the uh, the scene, the Pinot Noir Valmocine okay. that we had with uh, uh, Catherine Dudley Rose, and you know I've bought several of that many times now, and then the uh, Sousa Mm-hmm.
1: oh
0: yes, that's one maybe. of my faves, one yeah. of my faves, and, and 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 the Kramer, the Kramer Brut Rosé, yeah, it's I always. mean those are sort of like the like the fifteen dollar range ones, and we've had some really great. Mm-hmm. Special bottles. Yeah. Uh, the sidekick, the the we one called sidekick, and it yeah, was a was woman cute. like in her superhero. Outfit. I think I've seen that. Yeah, that I think so I've good. had that at a party. Though. Yeah, it was like, oh, that looks really cool. We bought it, and it was so
2: good. Yeah. Do but, you do you have a list somewhere of all the on our just, website? Yeah. Hey, okay, I'm sorry I haven't been there, but I'm gonna go there and look at that list. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. one
1: of your favorite wines? What's it go to for you?
2: I you know. I love Pinot Noir. It's really my favorite, but I'm trying not to drink red yeah, you wine for the you rest had, of the summer. Yeah. yeah. And what?
1: What? for the, what? Oh,
2: like I hate to talk about this, but I will. <laughs> well, no, I had a gallbladder it's just, thing. It's just a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just and, the world. And, you know, um, red wine affects your gallbladder? Yeah. I did yeah. not know well, that. Well, at Yours. least in my, yeah, at least mine. And, um, I, it's a, it's a disappointment because that's, you know, that's my wine that I prefer.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: So, um, actually I have a really, I, I'm, I'm going to send you, maybe, maybe you can put it in the notes, but I have this, um, bottle of wine, but I can't remember the name of it right now. That's how (laughs) not a wine person I am (laughs) that I love so much. And then I was like, oh, I should have. Brought it. No, Maybe no, I'll no. get you guys a bottle, and then you can you hold it in your house, and when we come over, yeah, after we'll, you have back, and okay. we'll, we'll have back. We'll totally be have an evening yeah. drinking that wine. Yeah. yeah, that's not a problem.
0: Okay, yeah, good at all, mm-hmm. at all. Um, <laughs> when you were talking about earlier, when your parents had this idea, this path that they had laid out for you in your head, but you never saw yourself that way. Um, and that, and that's not really the right word, but you your path did not follow the same path that they had laid out or thought of for you. I was really feeling like an affinity to that because when I reflect back to being like, you know, probably all from like third grade through even, you know, graduating high school, I never envisioned myself as a married woman with children. I always had this idea that I was going to be the person who came to visit her friend. I was always going to be the aunt, right? That great aunt that would show up and visit and and um, and you know fly in and out and had this great yeah. job and um, whether I was a lawyer or some kind of corporate person, I always had a really great, great. like suit that I had on and and a very cool bag, (laughs) very Barbie-ish, you know, in my idea. And, but I didn't, I didn't go there, right? Like I, I met my, my husband and everybody was getting married. And so I got married too. And then, you know, you have kids. So, so I've, I almost envy the fact that you stayed sort of true to who you are through your life. And, um, and I, I know my kids, I love every single one of you. (laughs) I'm not, I don't regret being your mom. I don't regret any of that kind of stuff at all. But it's sometimes it's interesting to like, look at my life from the, from the perspective of the person that never, never considered the fact that I would be a mom of three kids. And it's such a disconnect.
1: You know what though, Michelle, you can still... Be that jet-setting oh, I, woman. Oh, yeah, right? yeah like, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I like, feel, it's maybe going to be the grandkids, like, you know, that you get to come right. and fly in and dote yeah, on. Yeah, but not yeah. right
0: now. I don't want right. any grandchildren right <laughs> now. Do you guys hear that? There, I don't want grandchildren <laughs> right now. But it's more like the fact that that person who's deep inside of me looks at the life that I've created for myself and for my family and blah 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 and and she sort of sits there and goes how did how did that happen because she doesn't feel connected to it and I wonder had I had I not uh uh, succumbed to what everybody else was doing you know had had I gone back to Europe which I really wanted to do, you know, that's where I really wanted to go. But I didn't know how to do that when I was 21 years old yeah. to go back. Um, you know, my family doesn't come from, you know, oodles of money to make any of those sorts of things happen. Um, so I I, I I, probably am speaking for many women out there who had a dream or had an idea of what their life was going to be. And then it isn't like what you thought it was going to be in Middle yeah. school, high school, you know, I got to college and I got, you know, sucked into the, all of the traditional things. Yeah, my
2: life is in not at all what I imagined. Really? I would, oh, yeah, of course, the same. You know, yeah. I imagine I would be, for some reason, I had like kind of a penthouse— with a white leather couch,
1: mm-hmm.
2: white carpeting everywhere, <laughs> maybe I watched dynasty, I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I would be in very intellectual circles doing classical drama. That's what oh, I was that doing. That was that was your image. Yeah, that's my image. You know when I got to the point yeah. I knew I wanted to do theater. That's that's what I thought I would be doing, not this like classless <laughs> I- improvisation make-ups. <laughs> <laughs> or the like clown. clown and wearing like ridiculous clothes. And yeah, that was never my fantasy.
0: Okay. So do you ever have, does that person ever show up, the one that had this idea that you were going to be in this intellectual classic drama and like look at where you are now and go, huh? Or, <sighs> or is, or is she, this person actually like, like, so um, immersed and like and welcomed and enveloped in everything that you still do today. I mean, how many mo- personalities do you have? Because I, <laughs> I have many. I have like twenty five. Yeah, I have many.
2: You know, <laughs> I I think that you know I can think about different choices I would have made, but these are the choices. And part of doing improv mm-hmm. has trained me. Like yeah. this is what happened. We continue this way, yeah. and so not looking back at a lot of regrets and also like clowning like my main focus when I perform is to be in the present moment so I'm not looking back and thinking but sometimes you know I, I sort of imagine it a different thing but I don't feel pain about it no, or yeah. like punishing myself right, yeah. about it
0: there's not, there's not a pain with yeah. mine it's just more of a like wonder if yeah like a wonder like wow like you know yeah And there are so many spots along the trajectory which could have been Mm -hmm. like, wow, if I had stopped then or if I had changed then or gone left or right. Same. But I also feel like, and we've talked about this too, all of that had to happen to be who I am today, to be able to say what I say today, to be able to come to everything I do with the (laughs) authenticity that that would come with it, you know? Um, I I don't fake any of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't. You know, well, no one wants to make this up and fake it, right? That's,
1: that's I mean, that's, that's the premise of our show. Yeah. The, you know, being real about Well, it's the premise our of our lives. friendship, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and our interactions with other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah um, I, but I, add, I do admire the fact that you still honored who you were, but I think you did,
2: too. Think, yeah, don't you think so?
0: Well, I think I got sucked into what society expected of me for a long time. I, I'm I'm totally honoring who I am now, but I think I, I got sucked into it at an early age into being what everybody else was doing, getting married, having kids, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. and trying and trying to make that fit for myself, and obviously didn't because I'm divorced. I, I
1: definitely had that same experience you know i i went down the path of seeking security and comfort um because i had you know i had been through some stuff i had been through a homeless stage i had been through a you know not like you talk about not getting to pursue your your dream when you were younger you know the same kind of thing like you know having been presented a great school option that wasn't you know i didn't get to do which you know all This is all a part of our makeup now, you know? And I don't look back, like the both of you, I don't look back with regrets. Mm-hmm. and Because I know even those who have money and have their own options presented, we all have our challenges to overcome. We all have compromises we have to face, like regardless of income and regardless of our, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah. But I definitely um, made decisions that felt like it was the safe thing that I knew that I I wouldn't have to worry about whether or not I had a home to go home to, whether or not I had, you know— Food, whether or not I had like a, those kind of, so I was living in that basic survival mode for a very long time, yeah. you know, which is also why I pursued the career that I did because it provided a good income and that security. But it wasn't who I really was, and it wasn't until I started having like panic attacks that led me to the hospital oh, that wow. I finally said, "This is not who I am. I need to." reshape I need to really reshape my life and be be authentically me and and I'm so thankful because Man, I am so me. Like, you know, <laughs> I live it loud and proud. Yeah, you, you, you embody it. Yeah, you know,
0: only you can be Emily Lane. I mean, nobody else can. It's dangerous. I mean, they, just stop now. Don't even try. You know, because either, like, why? You know, only you can be Emily Lane. But I, I do, I do agree that those experiences mm-hmm. that that you went through help you be you even better does that yeah. make sense yeah oh, totally true because yeah.
1: you know I, i'm all about women's rights and advocacy and an empowerment and all of those things which might not have been a part of my passion had i not been through some of the things i've been through so it's it's made me a much deeper thinker about a wider variety of issues which that's that's yeah. important so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so yeah so yeah it's funny
2: how our bodies will tell us you know, when things aren't right, when they aren't working right, whether they have to scream or,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, they're telling us all along. It's just, right. it's just I, you
2: the
0: know, message gets louder
2: and louder and louder <laughs> until
0: <laughs> you're like, I, I didn't need to be hit over the head with a frying pan. But, okay, thanks. Yeah. Right. You know, I didn't
1: need to get cancer. I didn't need
0: to get cancer. I'll, I'll right. figure this out. You know, thanks so much. I often joke that, you know, um, when I was going through my cancer treatment, it was more like, you know, how much character do I need? <laughs> you know, because I always say, you know, God always gives you something to build your character. And I'm like, how much more yeah. do I really need? <laughs> but it gives me great stories, you know, because I, I always wonder about what I'm going to say when I go to a cocktail party. You know, it's right? Like, and
2: you're like, well, I got the cancer story, I got the cancer thing. <laughs> I, can I can bring that up, <laughs> Trump, whatever they're talking about. Yeah, not using Trump hey, in that way. Hey, Sorry. hey, you, hey, you're awfully
0: cute. You know, would you like to go about Well, I had cancer. You know,
2: it's like It's it's a great like <laughs> it's an opener. It's a beautiful opener yeah. for, for every dating situation. For, oh, oh. <laughs> You know, um, I I read this uh, idea one time when I was going through some difficult stuff and I found it to be beautiful, but I think it's really cool. And it also kind of reminds me, so um, I'll try to do this. Um, I'm going to say this about clowns. So a lot of people when they think about clown, they think about um, the character being, so if this is like, I'm spreading my hands apart. So if your range of your personality is this big that your clown is a much smaller space really In that like it's a character like what is your clown's voice how does your clown walk oh i see you know so what it's i mean so it's just like, it's like a little portion i think it's a little portion. portion but the way i studied clown the way i understood it from my teacher Sue Morrison hello howdy howdy um but is that it is you are bigger than your personality. Your clown is. Yeah, your clown is bigger than actually what you how you move in the world because you have to express all of the ideas, not just your own personal ideas. Yeah. But it reminds me of this similar thing that I think relates a little bit to what we're talking about. It, it's it's kind of um, it, it's a Buddhist concept where when you come to each life, you get to choose how much you want, and so there's like um joy and happiness and there's pain and, and struggle and so it's balance. so you choose well what am I gonna you know how much What's do I pain want this time yeah so you know if I'm willing to have this much pain I gotta have this much joy if I say I'm oh. gonna have this much pain I gotta have this much joy wow. and then everybody gets to choose when they come here you know oh. and and for me when I had a couple really difficult situations that gave me a lot of comfort Or maybe even help me like make that much joy to match that much pain.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. I heard
0: a similar concept to that. I was in an improv workshop class. Yeah. And um, Liz, I think it's Liz Brown. She's from Chicago. Anyway, she came to the improv shop and she's been doing this for a long time. But she said that for every crescendo of comedy, you had to have an equal bit of pain. You know, in in improv? In, in improv. It was yeah. improv. It was like or in life, right? Yeah. And basically sure. what you're saying. So so you can't get to this high point of heightened comedy if you don't have that pain that's in the But it, I think you should flip
2: it this way because it's like high makes mm-hmm. this be good and this be bad right, but right. actually if you flip it that way
0: mm-hmm. right on, this, you know on I mean? the number mm-hmm. line right, yeah. left right on the horizontal but yeah. um, and that was like you're right because when do we when do we express like the biggest relief in a laugh in a, in a bit is when we are all as a collective as whether we're in the improvised scene or we're audience members and we're we're just all of that pain together and somehow it gets the relief comes and we yeah. can all experience that together 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 um much like curb your enthusiasm yeah you know like you he couldn't be as funny as he is if he didn't create those painful situations and they are
2: painful and Mm -hmm. they're painful
0: you know but but the but the funny comes and yeah so i always
1: loved um did either of you read the book stranger in a strange land
2: no Mm
1: -hmm. um
0: i haven't read that one i'm sorry
1: yeah it is. It is a tremendous book. Uh, so, it's kind of like science fiction meets sociology meets psychology meets like it's, it's, it's like very. There's lots of complex ideas that are presented in this book,
0: much like our podcast. Exactly. <laughs>
1: but the, the so the, the basic premise is this is sci-fi part. You know that um you know these the greatest scientists in the world go to the moon to establish a new colony or mars or something like that they all die but then like a hundred years later uh, you know they go to see whatever findings are still there and they find this person who was the offspring of these great scientists so he's been raised on mars by martians so he bring him home and he is he is human but he's superhuman you know he has all this these skills and knowledge that are far beyond regular people, and um, he's he's intuitive, he's beautiful, everything. Well, there there comes a moment when they realize he doesn't have a sense of humor. Like he doesn't understand laughter, he doesn't understand like he doesn't find things funny. He just he doesn't break through to him until one day he's at the zoo and he sees these monkeys. And there's this monkey, he's eating his banana and the other monkey comes and beats him up and then gets the banana and he starts eating it. And, the, you know, he's defeated for a minute and then he goes and he gets another banana and then he starts eating the banana and the same thing happens. The new monkey comes over and beats him up again and eats the banana. And this cycle goes on and then the, the this character starts breaking out in laughter for the first time in his life because he realizes that laughter is a coping mechanism for pain. And he sees this, this uh-huh. cycle that's happening, you know, yeah and for the first time he gets it. And you know, you're right, Emily. Yeah.
0: I mean, laughter is coping for pain. I mean, you said that, and I thought about how many situations, but there's tension, and I just throw, I throw something out yeah. there to release everybody. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a few occasions, it has fallen flat on his face and it created more <laughs> uh, you know, tension. But you know, I learned. But that was that was a coping mechanism for for myself too, because I always knew if I could keep my dad laughing. He wouldn't have a chance to be angry and to spank me or to beat me or whatever. Yeah. Keep him laughing, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm I, but I didn't, until you just articulated the premise of that book, I would never have said it that way. I knew it was coping for me, but it is.
1: Sure. you think about all the things that we laugh at think about like slapstick humor that is all about somebody getting hurt and then we're laughing you know and yeah. at the root of so much laughter is at the expense of someone else's misery You know? well and
0: I can count I mean when my my middle son uh, who's 20 now whenever he would get in trouble and he'd be in trouble with me he would just start laughing and I would get that, it would be like more angry at him, but he's laughing. And I wonder now if that was just a gut physical reaction to the pain of whatever the situation was for him. Sure. That he, you know, it was, it was instinctual to laugh. Now, you know, he doesn't laugh at me now (laughs) in my face anyway, but, but yeah, that's, um, Mm -hmm.
1: My brother did the same thing. He last time, my mom (laughs) attempted to spank us. He (laughs) laughed at her, and that was it. You know, it's
2: over. (laughs) Well, I think I surely went to humor because I felt very awkward in social settings or something. So it was much easier for me to make a joke than actually Mm -hmm. like
0: engage. I mean, you
2: know, yeah, in in a sort of not not in a big public way, but with my friends to be funny mm-hmm. as yeah. like a safe place, sort of. Yeah. When I was young, you know, and yeah. now I do it sometimes, too. I find myself in an awkward situation and I'll just start <laughs> rolling out jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. you know, And you can't help yourself. You're yeah. like, I can't stop.
0: I yeah. can't, I'm sorry, I can't stop right now, you know, and it's like...
1: Think like Robin Williams. You know. He was
0: so sad. I, he I was it, you know and
1: he was just trying to bring joy to others to help lift himself out of the darkness, you know.
2: Well, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of actually scientific research about how laughter is healing yeah. and relieves stress and and even so I work for a Circus floor Clowns on Call mm-hmm. and um that's our Social outreach part that we're here for. So two days a week we go to Cardinal Glennon Hospital and visit kids and go room to room. Well, there's all kinds of research about how if kids see clowns before they go into surgery, they need less anesthesia. Oh wow, they recover more quickly. And there, you know, in Israel they have one of my favorite um, sort of statistics is that. Because there they have hospital clowns for adults as well. We haven't you know, we're way behind the rest of the world yeah. in so many things, but this is one of them in, in hospital clowning. Um, so when women are going into in vitro, if they see a clown before it's something like the baby has or you know, the uh it's like something like sixty five, seventy percent more implants. Whoa. Then receptivity they don't, of it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Yeah, goodness. sorry. Yeah, to, to take to take the embryo implantation exactly. Of it. So like like the uterus yeah, like receives it. Like, yes. Like, like like actually lets it be implanted and takes it in because like laughter relaxes you. Yeah, and if you're in such a such a like stressful situation and you're hoping and you're praying and you're like this is like the like the fourth we time all you've all done it and all of this. our money yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and I just want to have a baby. Blah, blah, you know all those ideas and emotions, and so your body's tight. Yeah. amazing and that's not yeah. a like receptive and that's
1: the that's, healing power of humor
0: yeah for
2: sure
1: yeah
0: yeah it's wow. i mean i know it healed me like mm-hmm. you know i had improv yesterday after you know a few weeks it's true and i, I slept so much better last night i don't have i'm like
2: ah oh. and i think it's all also improv for me is so much about connection mm-hmm. you know you're connecting with other people you can't you can do some improv alone but really it doesn't works so nicely you know so it's like trying um, to make out with yourself it's just (laughs)
1: oh my god (laughs) that is the quote (laughs) of the
0: day (laughs) you know it's not it's not the yoga pose from earlier Uh, but it is definitely yeah I mean when you can do improv with other people and have that connection and release and play and and laugh and everybody's everybody's in it together and we have a really wonderful improv community here in St. Louis and Mm -hmm. and I was going to ask you um, as, as we finish our glasses here you said when you were in New York that there was an unending amount of possibility, yeah, do you f- feel that same way here? Um,
2: well, we qualify it however yeah, when i <laughs> I was gonna say when I said that, I meant like um, of places to perform and things to do and and creation spaces. I do feel like it's tighter here like the improv community is wonderful and also very um like the there's not a lot of diversity well well, there's not a lot of diversity in in people as well as there's not a lot of diversity in style almost Mm -hmm. everyone is doing very even the improv shop their long form is very all similar to each other yeah and the short form is all very very similar to each other so there there there's more possibility um but i feel like there's an amazing artistic creative community in st louis i'm also not at a place where i just want a bunch of possibilities i'm more at a place where i'm looking for what is it that i want to spend my time and energy on yeah you know when you're young and and um a lot of people in in theater and performance world and and probably musicians have the same thing is you have this thing at a certain point you take every gig that comes sure, because like almost almost as if you turn down a gig then that means bad Closing luck or doors. the next one might not come yeah. forward and so now I'm at a place where I'm more interested in making choices
0: mm-hmm.
1: who
2: I want to work with and yeah. how that's going to be and you've
1: earned that right you know because yeah. you've worked hard and and have a lot well, of Well everyone has that right.
2: If I were going to go well, back and thing. talk to myself, you know, my young self, I would say focus and don't just don't just do everything. You know, try different things so you have a sense, but really like focus on what you love and where you feel the best. Mm. You right. know. Yeah. There I, I don't know. That's good advice.
1: No, it's, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's one of the things I would go back and tell myself. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: right. And you would tell yourself, it's okay one day when you live in St. Louis, you're going to be okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really happy here. And, and I really, I had a couple visits when I was a, like one when I was a teen with my parents and then one when I was a little bit older that were not happy trips. And so I had just kind of, you know, and then I'm, You know, originally a Royals fan. I'm not really into baseball now. So the Cardinals were always. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I, you know. I've only been to one Cardinals game since I was here in town, and I did wear my Royals jacket, even though it was really hot outside from the 1970s, just to kind of rub it in people's faces.
1: But St. Louisans were—they were—they did not give you a hard time. They didn't did hold they? you over the
2: balcony. No, they and yeah. shake you upside down, not so, at all. And yeah. they still want to know what high school I went to, and I'm still telling them it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
0: Well, I I I want to like ask you one more question to wrap this up today. Yeah. One of uh, one of the things you do here in St. Louis, you do a character. Her name is Deanie Nast at the Monocle, and I've seen you a couple times perform the show. I absolutely love it. It's like hashtag goals, right? I want to be Deanie Nast when I grow up.
2: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your
1: plans to? First of all, who is Deanie Nast? I don't know
2: this character. Well, explain it. D- I'm surprised you don't because she's been in the industry since I mean there's footage of her on the vaudeville stage in 1904. Yeah. Okay. And she's been around but she sold her rights to perform as herself about 15 years ago to a large corporation which cannot be named. But so she just this year earned an injunction to be able to perform outside of New York City as herself. So Okay. Although she's quite old and Mhm. She has some coping mechanisms. Yeah, she you know, <laughs> she she was here in in St. Louis doing some shows this year.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, okay. and she was
2: yeah. she like did a run, like a couple weeks
0: run, Yep. and then had a couple like come some, back, monthly back, shows, some monthly shows yeah, at the Monocle at the Monocle in St. Louis, great venue for uh, Dini. and uh I, I think the the audience uh, was really receptive and supportive of Dini on her I think on, so on her road to her re- <laughs>
2: you know, Dini has multiple shows she's done since she's come out of retirement from her. You know, selling her rights away, and and the show that she was doing here, um, she had a problem with her nurse, so her nurse didn't show up, so she <laughs> had to have an audience volunteer on stage with her the whole show. Oh my Who, gosh. Dini. Through her coping mechanisms, wasn't able to recognize that that wasn't that person. It wasn't her nurse. And be began time. to create a um, relationship with that person based on the relationship she had previously.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Okay. But Dini's,
2: you know, i right now, Dini doesn't have any plans to be back in St. Louis. Oh, man. Yeah, like... Is Dini just taking a I guess, break? Is, well, is got a colon problem right now? <laughs> yeah, she, well, she doesn't really eat food, so not really. <laughs> um, I, I know she's in thinking about doing some stuff in Kansas City. Okay. I know she's been like talking with someone about filling in for some shows in Las Vegas in the fall. Oh, fun. Um, you know, She didn't really have a big enough falling at the monocle, and so they kind of you oh. know, were... Well, they're going to fill it with something else. I mean, everything's a business. We understand yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Dini's just, you know, who knows what she's up to. Yeah. Well, I hope that uh, if Dini's listening, yeah, that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's another venue. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dini would love to be here, but I don't know that you would love to have her here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I just think if you have a chance to catch Audrey and anything that she's performing in here in St. Louis or Kansas City or Las Vegas or wherever she's going to be next, you definitely take advantage of that. Absolutely. Whether it is, you know, Audrey letting, you know, Deanie perform or she's a clown or she's doing improv, improv. with Bob Baker and yeah. group um, or giving an improv workshop, you will Aww. definitely come away having... Been been better for the two hours or three hours or however long it is you get to spend with Audrey Crabtree. Usually seven, <laughs> seven hours, seven. and we are so Bring fortunate. Your, that breakfast, that
1: lunch, and dinner. Bring your um, bottles yeah, of wine right. and, 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 your, and your roll
0: and your roll roll away <laughs> the whole day. Um, yeah. But we. Right. Um, are so lucky to have you here. Yeah. So lucky to be thank friends you. with you, yeah, and, and you on for- on those occasions get to perform with you. We, yeah. you know, that's just it's just fantastic. So I just, you know, thanks
2: thanks for spending yeah, today with what us. A, what a, thank what you. a treasure! Yeah, yeah, you're very, yeah. I, very, I feel like I could sit here for hours with you, ladies. So we'll have to continue this. Off recording at my porch sometime. That would be lovely. Absolutely. And we'll
0: have you back. And because uh, we, like we've Thanks. said before, we don't drink with our friends just one time. Uh, it nice. is many, many times. So thank you, here's to you, Audrey. Thank yeah, you so thank you much. For joining <laughs> us today. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my gosh. Somehow, Deanie Nast found out we were talking about here on our podcast and we received this voicemail from her
2: Hello. It's me, Deanie Nast. Yes, I'm headed back to St. Louis doing a favor for my friends at Artica. That's right, I'm in the St. Louis fringe, people. I know, I can't believe it either. Saturday, August 17th, 7.30 p.m. at the 303 pop-up space at Dot Zach. That's more information I've said in my whole life. All right. I hope you're there. Tickets are 15 bucks. Get them at the Fringe Festival's website. And seriously, I'm going to try to have some fun. Oh, yeah. Charlie Brown will be there, too. All right. See you there, kiddos. Toodles. Be sure to catch Dini
0: in St. Louis in August. Thank you for listening to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast.